three, here we come. Uh, Here we are. Welcome to the second season, the third episode of Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis. That's me. I'm Eve Sturgis. Uh, I want people to talk about shocking or surprising DNA results and how it's affected them. Uh, This episode is being posted May 29th, 2020. Uh, So I don't know how you all are, but we here at our house are weeks and weeks and weeks into global pandemic lifestyle of shelter in place. Um, I'm recording right now with Dallas right beside me. He's going to say hi. Hi. He is being um, such a champ through this really hard time when we can't play with friends or go to school or do very much of anything fun at all. Um, We are feeling really ready for the sickness to be over in our house. But we did make a cake today. We made a Sonic cake. For visuals of our beautiful Sonic cake, go to my Instagram at Eve Sturgis. Um, But back to the podcast, um, I'm wondering uh, if 23andMe and like Ancestry and all the other sites are getting tons of orders right now because people are bored at home and thinking if they're ever going to spit into a tube, now's their chance. Um, Or people spin the tube? uh, People spit in a tube (laughs) because their saliva is the way that scientists tell them who their ancestors are. Gotcha. Now I get it. (laughs) So, okay. So anyway, I think think it's time for us to just roll into episode three. Um, I'm really excited because um, it's a little bit different. So Linda wrote me a letter. And I found it great and fascinating, so I wrote her back, and I was like, hey, your letter is an episode. Can I read it for my, for my podcast? Uh, or do you want to read it? And she said, I'll read it. So she did, and she sent it to me, and it's totally perfect. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just roll the tape. Uh, it's a shorter – this is all going to be a shorter episode than usual. Um, and, and I think that's good because we all need variety. So, enjoy listening to Linda. This is episode three, season two, Everything's Relative. I'm Eve Sturgis. See you in a little bit. Hi, my name is Linda Lagunas. Um, I am going to read to you an email that I sent to Eve a few weeks ago. Um, This is like my 15th take, so whatever mistakes I make from here on out, uh, it's just going to have to stay that way. (laughs) Where to begin? Thank you so much for your podcast. I was born in El Paso, Texas in 1968. Up until about 15 years ago, I thought I shared a father with my two brothers. My birth certificate father was violent and abusive. Honestly, it was a miracle that my mom survived that situation. I was born about a year after my mom left him. My mother always told me that she'd lied to him about the pregnancy because in Texas at the time, you could not divorce the father if there was a child on the way. Strangely, I have never fact-checked that, but there you go. She ran away from home and hid out in an RV in the desert with the boys. My mother had to go straight to work, what with three kids to support. We went to live with my grandma, and she essentially raised me as her daughter, and I have always thought of my mom as more of a father figure and a mother. In the years after, I, after, I think my grandmother tried to tell me. Well, I know she did, but she got all the characters wrong, and it all boiled down to me being, according to her, the bastard child of an Italian sailor. Wrong branch of the service and wrong ancestry, but she tried. Fast forward to 15 years ago, and I'm at my godmother's house. I love her, but she's the one with the big mouth who always lays an egg at major holidays and birthdays. You learn to expect this and to duck and roll. I was telling her about a clinic I go to here in San Francisco called the Native American Health Center. 
I told her it was low income and you don't even have to be Native American to go there. She stopped and looked at me in the, and looked me in the face with that one twinkly eye she always gets and said, well, your dad was Native American. Wait, what? I also happened to be Mexican, as was my birth certificate father, so I naturally assumed she, made, she meant Native Mexican. Just as many tribes and just as screwed over by the government as their northern cousins. It all comes rolling out. She and my mom were running wild in the streets of El Paso with military men off the, off the base of Fort Bliss. No one can remember this guy's name. Jack, James, John. Of course, the first chance she got, my cousin confronted my mom in front of me. Her eyes teared up, and I knew it was true. She told me he was Irish, and that was kind of weird. When you grow up thinking you're Mexican, it takes a bit of adjusting to believe you are half-white. It's not bad, just something you have to wrap your head around. But it makes sense. I'm dark, but with freckles, and a very long, sharp nose, which I can only dis describe as looking a little like Elvis Presley's. There's a point to this long-ass story, and I'll get to it. I tried for years to look for him, but with, with such a common name, I got nothing, absolutely nothing. But something in my heart told me that he was dead. There's not a trace of him. My mom says the guy on my baptism certificate was his best friend and to look him up. It was an Italian last name. Bonus points for having an Italian godfather, eh? I managed to find him on Facebook. He was kind and asked after my mom and my godmother and her son and my brothers. So it's legit. He tells me he can't remember much, but he'll save my number, and if he ever finds anything, he'll call me. After a while, I just give up. Until last year. Ten years after I stopped looking, I was in a car with my mom and my cousin, and we invoked his name. And I was telling them both that I didn't think I would ever find him, and that I thought he might be dead. And then, ding, I had a message. I'm not lying. It was my godfather with a text. He had a picture of my father, him, and another army bunny, buddy. He hadn't forgotten. He had kept my name on a slip of paper in his wallet all that time, and the minute he found a photo of him, he sent it to me. He's gone on to be such a dear person to me, and he takes his job as my godfather quite seriously. Are you still with me? It's long, right? From this picture, I can see his rank from the bars on his arm and the shape of his hat. Ten years after I give up, I see that someone has finally put up a memorial of him. He also looks a teeny bit like Elvis in a way. He died in 1996, and this is why there was no information about him on the Internet. It hadn't been invented yet. In his bio, there is a notation that his great-grandfather is the Governor John Frippo Brown, the last standing chief of the Oklahoma Seminole Nation. His great-aunt is Alice Davis, the first female chief of the Oklahoma Nation, Seminole Nation. His mother is registered as Creek, and his father is English or Irish, from what I can tell. But he looks biracial in a way that my son does. Hazel eyes, tawny skin. But this answers to question why I turned out so dark for being half-white and why my son turned out so light for being such a dark mama. And my son looks like his spitting image, to me anyway. So I ran off to do a DNA test. I know, I know. 
People in Texas have always had a bit of a giggle whenever we hear of someone who by all appearances looks fairly Caucasian when they say they are related to Pocahontas or some other native princess. You hear it a lot. People have written entire college dissertations on it. It's a thing. I am 43% Native American and 41% Spanish. My mother is mestiza, so the most we, she could have passed down to me is around 15%. If my biological father is just some Irish-English person. From what I understand, we are direct descendants from the family that made it to Oklahoma from Florida on the Trail of Tears. My other ancestor is Ch uh, Chief John Jumper. We are from the Tire tiger clan, which is where all the chiefs come from. I know, it's crazy. I've since found out, found two sisters, both of whom are tribal members. My father and his brother died of heart attacks in their mid-fifties. They were, the sisters were very receptive at first, and they knew about me. My birth father had told them about me and told them to be on the lookout for me. They told me everything, everything, photos, history, everything but they will not take an ancestry test. And after I asked, they stopped corresponding with me. There are more of us, seven total. I suspect I got a hit from a half-brother, but he absolutely will not message me back. I am trying to find a definitive DNA leak so that I might become a tribal member. Native American ancestry is difficult for many reasons. Many took on European last names. There weren't last names before this. So you might have a person named Doherty who looks like me, or Benson. It just isn't apparent, and it's very difficult to trace back. I also have a suspicion there are some questionable branches and NPEs on my birth father's paternal side. I want to mention here that there are also identity politics involved as well. Just because you have Native blood, it does not make you a Native American. This is a grand journey of learning and reading and study and building up Native American consciousness, fostering relationships and kinship. I'm not going to stroll in thinking I have some sort of birthright. I don't want to presume anything. And you know, if it doesn't happen, I accept that too. But I would like to find my four other brothers and sisters. I will end this story with a short little anecdote. When I was little and living in Texas, there were annual rodeos and powwows. My stepfather took me to one once. It was gorgeous, at night. Afterwards, people lined up to get their pictures taken with the dancers in the regalia. I remember looking up as I posed next to them and thinking, huh, a little light went off in my head, and I sort of felt that maybe I wasn't so different from them. Maybe I kind of looked like them. But as I was standing there, a family with children put them right up next to me to get a picture of me with their kids. And I think maybe that's when I knew. Thank you for having the patience to wade through this. I'm still working through this story. I don't have proof, but what my grandmother, my, my godfather, my godmother, and my presumed sisters have told me. I would really like to meet a search angel who would be equally fascinated by what I've uncovered. For now, I will send you pictures to a link to my father's grave and his photo. I have many more pictures. I hope motherhood is treating you well. I never set out to be a mom, but now that I am, I cannot imagine my life any other way. Kindest regards to you, and thanks for all the work you do. And thanks for putting up with <laughs> this weird little recording that I've made here. My name is Linda Lagunas Atwood. Hey, I want to just send out a huge thank you to Linda for being such a trooper and um, 
and dedicating an afternoon to re- to reading that letter to me. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that everybody else uh, feels like inspired to, to send me their stories in any way, shape or form. And um, we can put them on the podcast. And uh, I think that it would be really fun if I could get different voices on here. So um, I'm going to go because we're running out of patience here at my house um, for four-year-olds and or four-year-olds are running out of patience for me trying to get this podcast done. So I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, in two weeks, I'll come back with episode four. We're, you know, kind of like officially on our way. I feel really good about it. And um, thanks for listening. Check me out on all the, uh, you know, important places like Instagram and Facebook and send me an email, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com if you've got a story to tell or any questions. And I will see you around. Thank you so much. This is Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band. Sorry, people. Mom, did I like the wrong podcast, people?